to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Joined today by Jeff Cohn, the founder of Omaha's Elite Real Estate Group, the number one selling team in Nebraska, which has grown from 80 deals to 425 deals in just three years, and is on pace to sell over 700 homes this year, which will make his team number one at Berkshire Hathaway around the world. Jeff started as a solo agent back in 2006 and built a six-figure business by focusing on his sphere of influence and running everything from an Excel spreadsheet for the first six years. Now, Jeff brings in around $500,000 a year in net commission income and no longer works directly with clients. Jeff joins us today to share the lessons he's learned making the transition from rainmaker to team leader, how to build a team culture that attracts and retains good agents, how he gets agents to prospect consistently, and how he gets his marketing costs 100% covered by vendor partners, as well as much more. Now, let's welcome Jeff to the call as we join our host, Tim Harris. So, Jeff, thank you very much for being my co-host today. I certainly appreciate um, you setting aside the time. Let's just jump right into it. Um, So, first of all, congratulations for being uh, the number one, or I think you're on your way to being the number one agent at uh, our good friend Warren Buffett's company. So that in itself is a pretty <laughs> cool accomplishment. And so does does like Warren check in on you since you're basically in his hometown? I'm just curious. You know, I'm looking for the I'm looking for the lunch invite. It hasn't happened yet. I think I'm going to reach out to his personal assistant here in the next couple of weeks. But no, unfortunately not. <laughs> you know, Jeff, it's funny that you said that because um, you probably know this, but there's a contest. I don't know if you want to call it a contest. There's an auction every year uh, to have lunch with Warren. And basically, the, a lot, I think this year someone paid a Chinese company or a founder of a Chinese company paid $5 million to have lunch with Warren. Isn't that funny? Wow. That's amazing. My cousin ran into him at a local Dairy Queen, which he owns. <laughs> um, not my cousin owns. Warren owns. Yeah, yeah. I just ran into him two weeks ago, and he, w- he was there with um, Mark, uh, what is it, Mark Huber. Uh, Cuban, you mean. Cuban, thank you. Yeah, Mark Cuban. Yeah, oh and my God, Warren that's cool. Having an, ice cream, having an ice cream cone together. So they're just normal yeah, guys, man, just like you and me. Well, normal guys, except they're worth, you know, billions and billions of dollars. Yeah. And, yeah. But, uh, but outside of the yeah. zeros, Tim. Outside of the zeros, man, they're just like us. So, you know, you have an interesting background. We have a lot of questions. You and I, uh, we have a you know list of questions we're going to go through. But it, if you've ever listened to the radio show before, you can pretty much be guaranteed we're not ever going to stick to the questions. So I know your background your background in real estate is interesting in that you came to the real estate space with the intention of actually building a team. Unlike most agents who essentially add team members when they, you know, grow and then they say, Oh my gosh, I can't handle it, I can't, you know, I need an assistant. You actually entered the business with the idea that your real estate practice was going to be a team from day one. Can you help the listeners understand a little bit about the mindset of someone sure. that has that going in? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I got licensed in 2006, which was the same year I graduated from college. Uh, I have an undergraduate degree from a local university here in Omaha. 
and I got my degree in business administration with an emphasis in management. Uh, one of the things I did, Tim, uh, just kind of starting off my career, is I went and interviewed 30 individuals that I had a lot of respect for in every industry in the Omaha area. And I called them informational interviews. I'd buy them lunch, and I'd learn more about mistakes maybe they had made without, throughout their career and things that they would have done differently looking back on their 30 or 40 years of tenure. And that helped direct me into real estate. Um, one of the things, the overwhelming response I got from individuals was that they always felt limited. They felt capped. And I wanted to put myself in an environment which would allow me to go as high as I wanted to go. And I knew residential real estate was going to be that platform. I knew from a very early age I wanted to build a mega team. I didn't know I'd be able to do it as fast as I did it. I knew one day I'd be where I am now. I just didn't think it'd be for 20 or 30 years. So what I did, and getting into your question, is year one, 2006, I have my license. I start reaching out to all the top agents in my local market, again, doing informational interviews with the top agents in Omaha. And then five, six years later, I took that national, meeting 30 of the top agents nationally and learning about their markets, brick and mortar locations. I'd spend a half a day with them. And I just started implementing and then practicing the things, you know, that obviously that they were preaching. And today we're going to sell 700 houses this year and do 120 million in volume. Next year, we're going for a thousand units. Did you compare when you were considering getting into real estate, did you actually compare uh, like consider any other businesses because you're essentially you basically you took a an approach of a franchise someone that was shopping for a franchise right I mean in essence that's what you're sure. describing you were looking for like a, essentially a lot a, of different yeah well well I mean you know, I looked at a lot of different business ventures you know there's a lot of opportunity within the um, corporate space uh, we have several Fortune 500 companies local here in Omaha. Um, I looked at some of those as options. I could have started anywhere I wanted to around 50 or 60 grand a year. In Omaha with an undergrad, that's pretty decent pay. Um, I, I hoped my first year in real estate to make twice that. My goal was 100 grand. I made 96 grand net my first year in 2007, which was my first full year because I got licensed in November of 2006. So, you know, I just, I, my biggest concern in the corporate world was that you can climb the ladder and I could have gotten to a half a million dollar net pay in 30 years. Most people don't climb that corporate ladder nearly as fast as I've been able to climb the real estate ladder, if you will. Well, that's actually a really good point. And I think that's the reason a lot of folks are attracted to real estate. And you know, the truth is, is that if you look, and I'm sure you've studied this, but if you look to see uh, how most, you know, first generation millionaires and I'm sure billionaires make their money. They all sort of have the mindset that you just expressed. I mean, the idea is that you're not going to wait around for someone to give you permission to make a lot of money. You're going to, you're going to be willing to take on the risk. You're going to be willing to suffer the setbacks and also enjoy the successes that come from basically being your own boss. But more, to your credit, though, you explored other industries. You looked at, I'm guessing, you looked at, you know, well, maybe a restaurant or maybe this or maybe that. And I'm sure and subsequently you have as well. And you're just a living, breathing example of what we've been saying for years, that real estate is has to be. I can't imagine another industry, aside from maybe if you figure out some new tech advancement, right? But yep. this is the yep. best industry for anybody that's willing to work their asses off and, and who's entrepreneurially minded yep. because of the reasons that you're experiencing, because there is no cap, because there are proven paths you can follow to scale the business, to add staff. Um, you know, it's a proven path. At this point, I use the word franchise maybe sort of loosely, but it is really a franchise. You read, I know you read Gary Keller's book, you know, sure. and, I, and, a lot of, and a lot of folks basically have, but you know, the thing is, is Gary Keller's book, he doesn't make a secret of this, that was based on um, essentially the practices of some of the longtime Howard Britton folks that started basically in the late 80s and the early 90s. 
you know, the Howard Britton uh, meetings, the Star Power meetings, those were originally designed yep. around folks yep. wanting to learn how. And then Gary's book is based on those best practices. So it's interesting as you go back generations at this point, you know, you go back 20, 30 years, you'll start to see where this whole team thing really started to take off. It's, sure. So let's, I know that's something you have passion for, right, building a team. So let's just kind of pivot and talk about that, and then I want to talk about leads, if that's okay with you. Sure, absolutely. So uh, in regards to the team we built, first and foremost, to lead any organization, one has to know how to do. And to hold people accountable, one has to know what to hold them accountable to. Wow, I feel like I'm writing for Dr. Seuss. So the biggest thing I, the thing I look at when you start talking about real estate teams is one plus one has to equal seven. And I feel like too often when someone starts a team, they take a bunch of badass agents, excuse my French, and they put them together and they're all selling tons of real estate and they leverage their 100% fee, their transaction coordinator fee, some marketing fees, but no one individual on that team is making a return off of all the business the other ones are doing. I see this all over the country. A lot of agents think to start a team, they need to partner with somebody. If you want to start a successful organization, obviously you can partner with someone, but I would submit you will be more financially uh, fit. You'll be uh, set up better if you choose to start the organization on your own. You're the primary owner and then surround yourself with great talent. And no successful organization has ever been built without great talent around the leader. I'll give all the credit you know, we've had in Omaha to my administrative staff and my agents. We wouldn't be where we are today without them. However, I did shape that team and I did direct that team and lead the team and inspire it. So my thought process was year one in 2007, I'm going to learn as much as I can. I'm going to learn how to work as a buyer's agent. I'm going to do the dirty work. I'm going to get my finger, you know, I'm going to get my nails dirty. I'm going to work the $80,000 price point. I'm going to learn how to do everything. I worked short sales, HUD homes. Um, I worked in every area of Omaha. I'd drive 45 minutes. I was, you know, all the failures I could, I could experience. It's that Michael Jordan quote, you know, the more you fail, the more you succeed. Um, I was just doing as much as I could and learning as much as I could because I knew one day I would lead a team and I didn't know how to lead a team. I, I just knew I was going to lead a team. Um, and today I feel that I have mastered uh, team creation, team building, uh, implementations of teams. And I've actually taken what I've learned here in Omaha and we're starting to expand our goals to expand into every real estate office in the country by 2025. Um, so you're 20, what? <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> I just actually went over 20. I'm, I'm in the night. I'm 33. Oh, you're 33. Okay, yep. good. I'm 30. I'm a little uh, older. So, I'm a little older now. No, yeah, no, that's cool. So, yeah, the uh, here's a thought, a question. Do you mind if we have a little debate on the whole team thing, just for the sake of the Go, baby. both sides of it? I would okay, love it. Okay, so we're obviously, Julie and I, we're huge advocates of teams, right? We're, but we're advocates of smart teams. And, mm -hmm. and I'm going to give you the juxtaposition of what you just said. And, again, please understand, bro, I'm on the same page as you. But it's not, yeah, a, it's, not blank, it's not blanketly true for everybody because here's the rub with teams. Most of the rainmakers um, are making less than 20% net before taxes. And if you're in a, in a market where the average sale price is less than 200 grand, it takes a million and a half, a million to a million and a half for you to make you know, 20% of that, which is like 300 grand. That's the normal you know, situation with most yep. teams across the country. The challenge is, is that it's easier – actually, in all reality, for an agent with maybe one assistant to have that same $300,000 net with a lot less risk. And if you look at the top agents across the country and, the, you know, coaching clients, people we've interviewed on this radio show, and I mean, the, and Jeff, I mean the people that are like, you know, the number one agent in, in New York City, the number one agent uh -huh. in California, the number one prudential agent, they don't have teams. And it's not because yep. they don't understand them. 
it's because they basically are trying to have nets of 60, 75%. So yep. is let's, first, team, let's stop yeah. there, Tim. I have three things to talk on, okay? And we'll go cool. in reverse order. You just said they don't have teams. So number one, they do have teams. Um, they don't have well, they agents don't. necessarily but, on but their teams. No, no, they no, have no, transaction no. coordinators. No, no, they don't. Honestly, they don't. And you can listen to the past radio shows. They don't. Matter of fact, when you ask the number one agent, at, uh, I think she was Prudential, she actually revolts at the word team because most, most of her customers don't uh, even – they don't have, want anything to do with it. Now, yes, to your point, do they have an assistant? They do. Do they have a whole army of buyer's agents and transaction coordinators and marketing no, they people? Don't. Right. Right. And she's doing Leverage, you know, okay, so more vo- – in- in my mind, team equals leverage and team equals time. So my argument to your point right now and when people talk about teams is I can sleep the next 365 days and make a half a million dollars. Can the other team leader do that? Or sorry, can the rainmaker do that? And they well, can't. Well, but they have but to is wait. That really, yep, go ahead. But, but that's not – but, you know, again, I didn't – you know, let's have this radio show be meaningful. What you said isn't really true. If you decide to basically move to Hawaii – um, mm-hmm. Your business will, your business, like it or not, will not last because you're the heart and soul of the business. Even if, even if you have fantastic pe- people, which I'm sure you do, I, I've that exited just my work. business, Tim. I'm sorry. I've exited my business. My real estate team runs on its own. Well, I, have, like, I was in Pat Hawaii. Hi- yeah, go ahead. Look at Pat Hyben, for example. Okay, so Pat has a, um, you know, he had to take on a full-time partner. If you look at the CEO of Keller Williams. You know, he basically, he still, Chris Heller still has everyday contact with his team. He has everyday okay. contact with the people running his team, even though he's the CEO of Keller Williams. If he leaves it, that's the heart and the soul of the business that's going to be adversely affected. So this, right. I'm, I'm not, I, don't, I mean, this is just, um, hold on, Mr. Pro- show producer, are you watching the clock? So the moral of the story of, of what um, basically we're trying to hold, – hold on a second. <laughs> yep, go ahead. All right. So the moral of the story is is to make to, – uh, teams are not universally a good idea for everybody. They, mm-hmm. And some people, depending on their marketplace and their individual financial goals, to say that results in them having a lot of heartache because you said something brilliant a second ago, which I really adored. <clears throat> you said that you spent your first time – your first few uh, you know, years, I assume, in the real estate business, and you are focusing mm-hmm. on skills. And I think that's so important, dude, because you're right. To try to form a team or have a brokerage or have any kind of business where people aren't going to uh, – where you don't have the actual skills, no one's going to want to work for you. And, and I give you hats off for that. And I wish everyone were to hear what you just said. It's worth repeating. You have to have the skill set at a very high level in order to lead – Otherwise, people are going to have situations. Your staff is going to have situations that, you know, they're going to be confused. They're going to be frustrated. Well, Jeff has the skill set to help them in the toughest listing uh, situation, the, tu- uh, the toughest negotiating right. <clears throat> process. But th- if Warren Buffett leaves his business, let's say, for example, you know, the reason that his successor hasn't officially been announced whenever that unfortunate day were to happen <laughs> is because people are worried that without Warren, the business is going to suffer, even though it's one of the largest, you know, businesses in the world. So, right. I mean, I'm giving you I'm, – I'm not trying to take away from you, dude. I'm trying to no, give I you told credit. That yep. so, yeah, your I'll business keep, is let me, successful I'll keep rebutting. I'll, keep, I'll rebut a couple more That's times because cool. there's a few other points you've now brought up. So, on my team, I spend one hour a week with my team. 
So I think you have an idea that I'm spending like three hours a day directing. I have two direct reports. One is a success coach that has relationships with the agents, and one is an operations manager who has the relationship with the administrative staff. I physically am not involved with Omaha's Elite Real Estate Group more than one hour a week. So yes, to your point, I spend four hours a month uh, making this year, I'm averaging $100,000 a month. So uh, addressing risk, you talked about risk a little bit. One of the great things about running a real estate team is you don't take on any liability. You have no jurisdiction over your agents. Um, the way the real estate law is in Nebraska is the broker on record of those agents has all the risk and has all the liability. So essentially the way the real estate commission in Nebraska looks at a real estate team is essentially it's a referral group or a club within a real estate brokerage. So I don't know what liability you're referring to when it comes to the risk part. Financial risk. Okay. All the so systems, they can all, the, all the rent, the coffee, the copiers, the all the rent. Rent. I mean, you are, which yeah, we, the overhead and expense. we, yeah, yep. and we've alleviated all of that through marketing service agreements, which I'd love to talk about that too. And I know you were going to get into that. Yeah, we bit, we talked so. about it on the radio before. I mean, getting getting basically yeah. your third party service provider to pay for marketing and, and, and certain costs. I mean, that's yep. something we've yep. so like on, on before. Yep. Yeah. On our P well, our I mean, P&L, yeah. our P and L is a zero percent marketing dollar. Most teams I look at are five to ten percent. So all of our marketing fees are covered through broker fees. Our administrative costs, we have seven admin on my team, a hundred percent covered by broker fees. So I have no overhead expenses. I mean I don't have those overhead expenses. I have office fees and those types of things, but I'm not paying right. admin staff, I'm not paying for a marketing. So there are ways to leverage. But I think you make a good point. You have a lot of listeners that are rainmakers and that's fine if that's what they're happy doing. A lot of the agents I consult for are rainmakers and don't want the headache. So you can talk about, we can talk about all these other things. I think it really comes down to managing and it's a pain to manage. It's hard. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time to build a successful team that makes you money. But it's really the difference of working in your business versus working on your business. It's working as the general manager at McDonald's versus owning a McDonald's. And so the people listening today decide what you want to be. Do you want to be a general manager of McDonald's and going in every day to work? Or do you want to own a McDonald's? My goal is to own McDonald's. Well, the difference with a McDonald's, though, Jeff, is a McDonald's is a sellable asset. A McDonald's, you actually have a market value. There's not too many teams that are actually sold. So at the end of the day, the way you make your money is with the money you make from your real estate business. If you're going to be in real estate, the idea that you're going to have some big liquidity then at the end of the rainbow, though it's happened a handful of times, for the most part, the way you build wealth and the way you get rich. Look, you're from Nebraska. I'm from Ohio. So you and I are both from like cut from the same cloth, you know? And, and I learned all this. And, and Julie and I had a real estate team, okay? And we've coached, you know, this is not, this is, a, and I'm, I'm liking the fact that you're not taking offense to this conversation because some people treat this team thing like it's some sort of, like, uh, affront to their spirituality or something. I mean, sometimes people no get way. so dug in. Yeah, no, it's, here, it's a business right, decision, right? You're, yeah, dude, you're like a true, you're a true entrepreneur. I could hear it in your voice. I mean, you have this energy that, like, 1% of everybody has. That's what, that's, and if you, you should, and this is me putting my coaching hat on, and I promise you it won't stay on for very long. <laughs> Don't discount that because it makes you special. That's where you're, if you were a superhero, that would be your superpower, right? Yeah. So that's what makes you different. Oh, absolutely, so for sure. Not everybody, but not everybody's like you. I mean, the reality of yeah. it is, is that for most people, if their goal, just keeping it real here and keeping it practical with the numbers, for most people to want to have um, a couple hundred thousand or 300,000 or depending on the marketplace, if some people like, as I'm sure you have lots of friends that are in marketplaces where the average sale price is like 10 times more than yours was or is or, and mm -hmm. mine was in mm -hmm. Ohio, I mean, people mm -hmm. we kind of secretly are jealous of. I mean, they don't have to 
right? They don't have to sell a whole bunch of houses to make a freaking fortune in nope. real estate. No, nope. you make a good point. Hey, yeah. my six, if my six-year-old, my six-year-old son comes to me when he's 18 and says, Daddy, I, want, I don't want to work on your team. I, I hope he does, but he's, I don't want to work on your team. I want to get into real estate, though, and I want, I want to make a couple hundred a year. Should I start a team that's producing at one and a half million to two million a year, or should I just go out and tear it up? And I can tell that he's not cut from the same cloth, which I'm not sure he will be. And I think that he would just be a lot better within um, an individual agent role. I 100% agree with you. So, yes, yeah. you, it'd be way easier if I were to get back into real estate and I was like just wanting to make 300 a year and I hadn't gone through all the effort I've done already to build a team, I'll go make three. I made 330000 in commission income in 2011. That was my last year selling. I made another 250 net off of my real estate team. And you know, the, the, the actual work, the day-to-day -day was easy because you start just focusing on listings and not working the buyer side. And it's, it's pretty simple to go list a house and then wait for offers to come in. Well, that's right. I mean, but you're hitting the heart of it. And that's really what most agents, that's the highest and greatest return on investment. Like I, like I said, this whole, the, the whole team conversation, it, teams are sometimes uh, a great fit for certain people, but to have them be a universal goal for every agent getting into the business is, sure. is, is, a, is a fantasy. Now, you did say something, sure. though, it, that makes perfect sense. Yes, you need to learn how to leverage, and no one can really grow their business if they try to do it all the same. That's fine. Um, but ultimately, guys, what you've got to recognize, and it's not really debatable at this point, it's kind of been proven, that the average rainmaker for a team will make less than 20% net before taxes. And depending on your average sale price, that could be a huge amount of money. But, you know, and Jeff also said something which I really appreciated him saying. The, the hiring and the training and the retaining and the dealing with the, you know, running an adult daycare, which is most basic business owners' primary role. So <laughs> right? That does take it's a lot totally, of time. So we gotta, it's hard. Yeah, it, it is. It's hard. It's, it's, Tim, I'm not, a lot yeah. of guys get on, oh, I'm a, I'm a superhero. It's not hard. It's a, it's a grind, man. It is. It's a grind. I really appreciate you being honest about that, Jeff. I really do. Yeah, it is most hard. People never it's, will. it's hard. Yeah. No, it's hard. Like today, here, I'll, let me share a quick story. And a lot of people that have interviewed me have always wanted a little bit more real life stuff that's going on. I hired a guy from Ireland that was here on a work visa as a sign runner. Okay. This guy's taking signs, putting up sold signs, putting up flyers. I pay him $15 an hour. He was working four hours a day. Well, his visa just got canceled like two weeks ago. So how do I, he's been with us for two years. So this is painful, right? I need to find someone else in Omaha that's going to get 15 bucks an hour, has to come in Monday through Friday for four hours in the winter months. You're in Ohio, Tim. Imagine work. having that as a job. Oh, I, got the hell out of, I got the hell out of Ohio a long time ago. But yeah. Okay, I'll come yeah. meet you in Kauai or wherever you are. So this guy right. has to drill. Guys, for those listening that are in California, you'll start feeling really good about yourself. He has to drill holes, Tim, in the frozen mm. ground to put the sign in the ground, dude. So I have to find a replacement for that. Now, I don't personally. My admin's going to, but that's a pain that all of my team now has to endure until we've been able to replace the position. And that's one very small example that we're living right now. And there's continually going to be challenges like that. And as you pointed out, I'm an entrepreneur. Anyone that's an entrepreneur can overcome those adversities and move forward, and hopefully it's to the betterment of the team. Something else I'd like to address that I think a lot of listeners that are at the team level would like me to speak on you ha one has an option of being an individual rainmaker or working on a team or working in an admin role, but then you can also be a team leader. And then the point that doesn't get discussed very much is being a broker or broker owner. And I will submit that if you, if one wants to be a broker and run an office, one would make more money owning a team and running a team. And I submit that idea because no I doubt there, Brute, dude, 100% national level. You. 
the ROI net income is going to be, I argue, five to 10 times better on a team than running a brokerage. Because you can leverage a brokerage overhead expenses and set your team underneath their umbrella and cash out all day long. I will net this year a 36% net off of our GCI. We will GCI this year $3 million. Our broker, and I won't name names, I would guess will only net around 15 to 2% this year. Now, he has a lot more agents than me right now, but my goal is to essentially run a team that is as big as a brokerage. I will be probably making five to ten times more than most broker owners across the country here in the next year or two. And to your excellent point, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the, especially with some of the pressures that are starting to enter in various markets about, you know, should realtors be truly be, you know, 1099 or should be W2'd and all these other types of pressures are, you know, mm-hmm. coming from states like California. I would suggest that what you just said, well, I mean, uh, Redfin, isn't their essential model basically the team model? Right. That isn't essentially yep. what they're doing. So, yeah, right. I mean, to say that, yeah, and, you know, well, what's the biggest reason, though? Because independent contractor agents, you can't often get them to actually, you know, do stuff. Right. Whereas if somebody's right. working as part of your team, they're more responsive. Right. They're going to, you know, right. and so I agree with you, man. That's spot on. Being a broker, the yeah. old saying is being a broker just makes you broker. Now, there are exceptions. <laughs> I never heard of that right? one. Yeah. That's well, good. I'll tell you where, you, if you want to be a broker, the place to do it is Manhattan. <laughs> That's where you be a broker. Place, huh? That's where you do right, it. Right. Well, we have coaching client brokers that are making just, I mean, uh, tens of millions of dollars in profit because the brokers have a huge amount of influence and control, and the commissions are still um, above the national average in the entire city, and nobody hmm. negotiates. So it's pretty cool. Well, so listen, man, we burned through a half hour. It's crazy. And I, and I appreciate, Fun. and Jeff, I, pre- I appreciate you being willing to have an honest conversation about the whole team thing. And, the, and if so, if you had to summarize the team thing, how would you do it? Because that's your passion. So what, how would you summarize sure. it? Is it a good fit for everybody? So, Should everyone be pursuing it? You know, obviously, we've already addressed that. I don't know that it is a good fit for everybody. I would submit that if you're a top producer and you're doing 80 to 100 deals a year and you're listening to this right now, I think you'll have um, some similarities with me. January 1st rolls around and you wake up and you think, well, the night before, let's address that, December 31st, you thought, wow, I did really well this year. I sold 80 houses. I made 200 grand, 400 grand, whatever market you're in. The guy in New York, you made 2 million. Great job. You wake up the next morning and you think, huh, I need to go on 287 appointments, convert about 200 of those to clients, convert about 120 of those to executed contracts, and maybe about 100 of those are going to go together. That's what I have to personally do over the next 365 days to continue paying for my house and my new Maserati and my vacation home in Tahoe, yada, yada, yada. And I changed my life that morning in 2013 when I woke up and thought, okay, to make another 350 grand, I have to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I'm building a successful real estate team. And so in 2011, I already knew that I was going to get out of selling, but I didn't choose to quit selling until I had that moment of actualization where I said, why am I still running in the hamster wheel if I can get other people that I won't say are average, but what I say is I hire new agents and put them into extraordinary systems that will force them to be successful. And if they aren't having success, they eliminate themselves. They release themselves from our team. So we have 25 full-time agents on our team today. Uh, That happened over a three-year period. So people talk about how much time it takes to build a successful team. I had one agent four years ago, guys one agent. And then I had 10 agents within 12, a 12 month period in 2011. I signed up for Boomtown. I got some MSAs with lenders that were contributing around two or three grand a month towards lead generation. 
added more leads, added more agents. I talk about lead with leads. And so when you think about leading with leads, you should not have agents on your team unless you can add extreme value to their experience. Number one is lead generation. Um, every 30 leads you generate to your team per month, you can hire one more agent. So if you're getting 60 leads, that's two agents, 90 leads, that's three agents. Why I say 30 is I believe with internet lead generation, the, the sweet spot's a 3% close ratio. At a national level, I, I, that's what I've been seeing from teams that actually work internet leads the way they should be working them. So if you're guaranteeing every agent on your team one transaction a month, I tell my agents to treat that as a base pay and then spend the other 66% of their time working two important buckets. One is their sphere of influence and two is their prospecting efforts. Sphere being defined as anybody that knows them and is in their database and prospecting efforts being anyone that doesn't know them, that's going to be your, you know, circle prospecting, just as it just sold, expired, FISBO, and your open houses that you're going on. So I just kind of ran through a lot there, Tim. I'll stop now. No, no, it's good. I like the fact you knew your numbers. That was awesome. I really appreciate that. And I'm sure, I'm sure, like you said, there's a handful of people out there. We usually have about 100,000 listeners every month, you know. I'm sure a handful sure. of people you are resonating with, you know, and, and for the vast majority of the folks out there, you know, I hope you understood and you're listening to the fact that when you're choosing what path to go down for your real estate success, you don't just blindly follow any path. You don't blindly follow the sole practitioner path. You don't blindly follow the team path. You, there's, it's complex. If your average sale price is of a certain amount that you can sell a handful, you know, whatever that is to you, of houses per year, and you can meet or exceed all your financial goals, you know, knowing that your fortune will come from the money you make from real estate, not from the actual real estate business itself. It's the profits you make from it. And if you're focused on profit, then yeah, man. I mean, it, to it totally makes sense. But you guys have nope. to, listeners, you have to evaluate this on an individualistic basis. And there is absolutely nothing, and I'll say this again, even though I know it's controversial, there's absolutely nothing wrong with just basically being a sole agent with you know, a couple different assistants. You don't have to have buyer agents. You can refer the buyer sides out. You know, Jeff said it right. You yep. got to, you know, focus on being a listing agent. That's 100% where all the leverage comes in ultimately. If you, yeah, if you're going to be selling, I, I would never work another buyer again. And you just take, you know, add up the time, and I'm sure you guys have talked about this in previous interviews, but add up how much time you spend from start date to end date with a buyer and start date to end date with a seller. And what we have found, it takes about eight hours on average to convert an internet lead and make money. It takes four hours with a seller. So also in Nebraska, our commissions are split at a 60-40 listing agent keeping 60 so we're making about one and a half times as much money on listings versus buy side. So there's a huge advantage here to focus on the list side versus the buy side. So Jeff Cohn, you're a total rock star. I love you being on the radio. I'm, I'm sorry if it <laughs> listeners, some of, them were, some of them are going to listen to this and think that you and I are arguing we weren't. We were just basically trying to help the listeners, and I know you were doing it with a lot of passion, which I really appreciated. Help the listeners understand both sides of the decision. You know, there's not one yep. answer. It's a unique answer depending on your situation. Anything else you'd yep. like to say to these guys real quick before we round up the bend on the radio show sure. with the remaining eight seconds? <laughs> you know, I think it's really fun, Tim, with the conversation we had because Tim and I don't know each other super well, and it was kind of mm -hmm. fun just to kind of fill you out and get to know you better through that conversation. I think it's a great dialogue to be heard. I've never listened to that dialogue, and I wish going back I could have. Maybe I'd still be a rainmaker instead of a team leader. <laughs> that's a total joke, by the way. <laughs> well, but but you know that's that's fine. So, but but here's the here's the flip side to that, right? So if you if your goal going into it is to pull out a certain amount of profit per year, opposed to just having a team, which is kind of the ethos of most people, right? right. Now, I just want to have a team. But if your specific yep. goal was to save, for example, every single year a certain amount of money, so you could accumulate a certain amount of wealth over time, in essence, basically building your business around profit, not just building the business for the sake of building the business 
then a lot right. of people make different decisions. Because sure. the whole the whole team the whole team thing, it's been around long enough that people are able to look at it from all sides. And I'm a huge team advocate. I mean, I want to make that really clear. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. it's in some markets with some agents that are cut like you are, Jeff, a team makes perfect sense. But agents out there, if you're going to have, if you have a choice of spending time building your team or spending time becoming a really kick-ass listing agent, if you have to choose between the two, you focus on becoming a kick-ass listing agent. Now, down sure. the road, as you build inventory, then you can start worrying about the team thing. This only, sure. this conversation is only relevant if your goal is to truly accumulate enough money to make yourself rich, and that's the definition of yep. you know when your money works for you, you no longer work for your money. So, Jeff, I really yep. love having yep. you on. It was fun. No, man, it's awesome. Can I uh, let the listeners know where they can find me? Um, actually, we already do that for you. It's in the show description, and that goes in oh, the email. Perfect. So they'll they'll find you that way, yeah. Because most people perfect. listen to us on their mobiles, and so they'll just click a link, and they'll never write okay. anything down. I've, tr- I've, I've tried to do the verbal route before. It's a waste of time. <laughs> All right. Thanks, uh, man. Yeah, hey, happy 4th of July. Happy 4th. Hey, Tim, you too. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.